There's my brother. Welcome to yet another week of Hammer UK Horror. Hammer UK Horror. With us, I'm the getting, Arkin Brothers. I'm, I'm, I'm getting quite an education. So am I. I'm learning yeah. more about it than I uh, thought that I, uh, I ever thought I would. More than you expected to. Okay. Oh, look at that. You got some coffee. I should have made myself a cup of coffee or something. Well, you know, I can entertain people with some tunes while you go get a drink if you want. I'll be back for like 50. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> it's a thing you could do. I could do that. Yeah, why not? How you doing? Um, What's that? It was nice to see you. We actually got to see each other in yep. person. We got to hang out a few minutes. It was with great. Our buddy, our buddy Joel and my daughter. We had some excellent takeout food, and uh, and my daughter slept through the entire the entire evening. Not the entire part, just but a the, lot. Of you know, she was she was tired. She was in a show, and so she was tired. Yeah, was a tired. great show. Yeah, they they do good work there at LaGuardia High School. They really do. I was knocked out. That was incredible. Yeah, I mean well, that was like professional grade stuff, man. Well, those are folks who are going to be on Broadway next year, a lot of them. So I hope they um, need somebody to clean out dressing rooms and sweep up a stage because I'm yeah. I'm available. Yeah, absolutely. I can be a dresser. I can run lines with people. I can polish their shoes. How was uh, it being in New York? How was that? You know, being being a, a wimpy California boy now, the, the cold is, is rough. When I left to come back yesterday morning, it was 18 degrees uh, when I was on my way to the airport. So that was that was an adventure. Yeah, we take it seriously here, the cold. Yeah. This year it's been cold. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> other than that, did you uh, enjoy yourself? How was your flight? Uneventful? My, my flight was uneventful. I watched a movie... Um, uh on the way the way to new york i watched a movie on the plane um no time uh the the latest bond movie no time to watch this movie or no time for love dr no, jones no, yeah no no time to die um is that i is that the title it's a, is it a time to die no time to die in an inappropriate time to die? What's the name of the movie? I think it's No Time to Die. Okay. And I, I, I saw it. I just can't remember. I feel like it name. should be No Time to Watch This Movie. I have no time to watch this movie. No Time to Watch You Die. It was one of my least favorite Bond films. Yeah? You weren't, you weren't pleased? I was not enthralled. I haven't been served by a Bond movie since 1987. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... But uh, uh, you watching anything else? You watching anything? Well, yeah. What are we watching? I don't know. We let me refer to my notes as I always have to do now. You know, I saw um, as usual. We saw some fun stuff for um, the other podcast that I do. So we saw a movie called Attack the Block, which I don't know if you've seen. Attack the Block. Yeah, it's uh, not a new movie. It came out about ten years ago, I, I suppose, but. That was a treat. If you haven't seen that, I recommend that um, okay. comedy alien invasion movie. Um, really fun. I caught up with that again. And I saw in my research on Hammer stuff, because we've been reviewing a lot of, I guess that they've all been Hammer movies so far. Yeah. We didn't intend and that the, to be the and case. And I think but, the next one is a Hammer also. Yeah, it is. Um, so I was doing some Hammer research and I kind of stumbled upon another title for what was their breakout uh 
genre movie in I think it was like 1955 before these monster movies. Right. They had been basically a noir company. They did dramas, but a lot of noirs and kind of detective stuff. Um, and then they broke out with this crazy, crazy sci-fi thriller called the Quatermass Experiment. And it was hard to find for a while, I think, but people like John Carpenter credited it with basically changing their life. And it's available for free on YouTube. You can just go see it. And it's... um. Oh. It is a surprise and a half. It's absolutely crazy, and and highly, I highly recommend it. Well, maybe I'll check that out over the weekend. We can add a link to uh, maybe where you can see it in oh, some yeah. of our social media. Yeah, for our incredible following. They're incredible. They may be small, but they're mighty. They are mighty. They are mighty. Well, I've been watching, you know, as a, as I do a lot of stuff on television. Um, and yeah. I'm having, I'm having uh, actually a great deal of fun with this, uh, series on Netflix called the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. I want to see this. It's, I hear it's really, really funny. It's yeah. And what's fun is that, I mean, so often they go too far, you know what I mean? And this, there are, there are people out there who are not very bright who are watching this thinking that it's serious. So it's that close to the vest. It, it's that close to being the real thing that That's a lot of a exciting. lot of a lot of people miss the fact that no, they are pull, they're pulling your leg. They're they're playing with the tropes. Okay, I have to and, see it. Yeah. There, um, it's funny because I just saw at at a happenstance we just stumbled upon a movie called Fatal Instinct which was a Carl Reiner movie from the nineties, which was also a riff on police fatal attraction, cop, fatal attraction kind of sexy thrillers, basic, in, basic instinct, yes. meets fatal attraction. Meets I'm, airplane. Yes. I'm going to guess that Carl Reiner's was a little broader than the one that you're talking about. Yeah. This is going to take a stab at that. Oh, and yeah. see. No, this one is totally not broad so that if you weren't, if you weren't with it, you'd think, Boy, this just isn't this just isn't very good. But oh, then it's wait. actually really quite quite good. I can't wait. Um and they play it very, very straight. Who's in this film? Um many people who I don't know, the people who I do know, um uh uh Kristen Bell. Okay, who was uh, who I had the the pleasure of working with for 17 minutes. Uh, at four o'clock in the morning on the Veronica Mars movie, um, where by the, the last day of shooting and by the time they got to my scene at four o'clock in the morning, they were like, ah, hell, let's just let's rip two pages out of this two and a half page scene and get the hell out of here. <laughs> so you became a glorified extra by the end of the uh, yeah, I, I, one shot. We did it like in one, two, three takes of one shot. Basically, me saying, "Yeah, the and doing what I I do ninety percent of the time, which is the doctor delivering the news." <laughs> you know, that's right. What I well, you do. don't mind? Keep it simple. Let's get yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I gotta get some sleep. I got paid the same thing. Well, you I know? hope she was pleasant to work with. It's hard she, to be pleasant at that time of night. She was actually um, surprisingly 
at that time of night and to somebody with whom she was going to have to have about 17 minutes of interaction, incredibly pleasant mm -hmm. and welcoming and, and, and warm, which was very nice. And the other fellow who's in it is Michael Ely, who I, I don't know if you know his work. I do, I think. Yeah. He's, uh, he's very good. Adam's worked with him on a couple of things and, uh, he's, he's quite good. Um, and then, um, I'm very excited because I just saw that a new season of Unforgotten, a British cold case procedural series, mm -hmm. has dropped on Amazon Prime with the incredible Nicola Walker. Do you know her? No. Did you see? Um, um, I saw the original called Remembered. <laughs> Did you watch River? River? With Stellan Skarsgård? No, As you're killing me here. You're totally killing me. I've seen none of this. Oh, you would you would dig River, um, with St Stellan Skarsgård, the father. Well, I like Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's and he's wonderful. And Nicola Walker really broke out. I mean, she didn't break out in that, but she she buzzed, she was is fantastic in that. And this she's also wonderful in this with a, another wonderful actor, uh, Sanjeev. Uh, Bhaskar, or uh, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing. Yeah, Sanjeev Bhaskar. Uh, they play partners, and uh, it's it's quite a good show. Is this a UK um, show? Yeah, British show. Uh, but the big news for the week is Wordle. You know, just so totally addicted to Wordle now. I hear it's not an app. It's not an. <laughs> it's not an app. I'm sorry, I thought app. it was an app. It's not an app. Um. And not only addicted to Wordle, but you, because you can only play Wordle once a day, I've started playing Dortle and Quartle, which are the same thing, but you can play them more often. It exercises the old noggin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I I I'm going to I'm, I'm going <clears throat> to deny myself that pleasure. I I have too many whizzing computer fizzbots going on in my life as it is so <laughs> i'm gonna computer fizzbots i'm just gonna ignore that one and uh yeah thank you though okay um i was sitting here getting really paranoid um because we're not getting any comments uh we're not nobody, we're not this isn't yeah this no isn't one. and then i have reminded myself oh we're not live so yeah. the only people we're boring right now just me or ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm boring you. <laughs> I know that. And yeah. um yeah, no, we, we're not getting the usual deluge of of uh interaction. Yeah. Texts and interaction. Yeah. Yeah. People stop. We have to talk about the movie. We can't just chat with you all yeah. night long. To clarify, this is the second show that we've had to do pre-recorded in a row. In a row. We've done, done one before yeah. uh, months ago, but we had to do two pre-recorded in a row and we know how disappointed people get. Yeah. It's, you know, our, our whole vibe is different. It's just as the stakes don't seem high enough. It's, it's, it's not going to be a very good show, but well, we, we're we not thank you terrified. for. We're not terrified. No. Because well, I, live. I, it might as well be though, because I know your editing skills aren't going to, we can't, you can't cut any of this out when you air it. So this is might as well be live. I could cut things out, but I'm not going to take the time. 
I said listen something career stopping right now, would you cut it out for a career stopping for you? Yeah. No, for me. Yes. Okay. No, I would. Of course I well, would. Clearly this out. is a question of money. I could pay well, you to here, do it. If, if you do it for say something career stopping right now. Oh okay. God. Uh, oh my God. I, I cut it out. Don't worry. That was cut out. Uh, nobody will ever hear that. You said that. Okay. Um, I'm just going <laughs> to keep on my toes. Um, so, uh, you know, I got nothing to report. I got nothing to say except nothing. curse of the werewolf is all I have. Yeah. Well, um, Let's jump in then to the curse of the werewolf. Uh, did you, was I interrupting you? Did you have other things you wanted to talk about before we? No, no, no. no. I had some things, but they probably would have stopped my career. So it's good that we're going to. Yeah, let's move. We'll move it right along. Yeah. So curse of the werewolf is a werewolf movie. Which, it is. I was surprised. Yeah. Which departs from the, um, the traditional a werewolf story yes or, or or i guess is a different werewolf story that is also traditional in some parts of the world but certainly we are not familiar with it in in the movie uh this is not the tradition. universal sanctioned werewolf mythology no remarkable uh, that it's that universal allowed it because it is nothing nothing like the rules that we were used to no, the rules that we're used to is a man who is pure at heart gets bit by a werewolf and in spite of what a wonderful person he is, he has this horrible alter ego come out on the at the full moon. And this movie follows the mythology that a baby that is born on Christmas Day because they are competing with the birth of the savior is cursed in some way. And uh, so in this movie, there's a, a beggar who shows up in a town. The, uh, can the... I just stop you for a second? That's yeah. crazy. What's crazy? <laughs> you don't decide on... where you're going to get bored. Come on. That's crazy. You don't compete with the birth of the savior, dude. I mean, anybody knows it's depressing. I, everybody's thinking about Christmas. They're not thinking about your birthday. It's punishment enough. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, I, I mean, look at, look, I mean, look at how cursed our mother was. And she was born just three days from the birth of the Savior. And you don't want to mess it with wreaked, this. It wreaked havoc in oh, her life. You don't want to mess with this energy. It's bad. No. You need to stay far away from the birth of the savior or, or, yeah. or it, it plagues you. That's not the only thing that's different though. There's another part of it that's different wherein apparently, um, you know, uh, somebody with a beard could transfer that to, to the curse to someone and, and they're a werewolf. Yeah. I, I don't know what, I don't know quite the rules on that, but I, I, I guess, you know, was it the was it the his father's hairy arms? His well, that his started father, all this. Yeah, well, his father was a beggar who looked like a normal human being, other than being dirty. And he he shows up at the the castle of the the Marquess 
uh, when the Marquess, who's a creep, is getting married, and and the 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 Marquess torch sort of tortures him, makes him dance for food, and is just a real horrible nobleman, and makes him dance in front of all the wedding guests for food, and makes a fool out of him, and then and then throws him in a dungeon for twenty years. Or 40 years. Yeah, throws him and, down there and forgets that he's there. Like, just to the, he, no one knows he's down there. Yeah, forgets that he's there. And apparently when you're in a dungeon for 40 years, hair starts to grow all over your body, not just where it would normally grow. Like giant mats of Brillo hair appear on his forearms. All over your, which is never explained. And then... Um, then the the Marquess gets old and and in getting old starts to look sort of mummified and horrible and like a monster himself, and he tries again. Here we go with the rape themes in the Hammer movies. He tries to rape the local mute servant girl, and she resists his advances and cuts him. Right? Doesn't she like stab him or cut him? She slashes his face. I think slashes his with face. His, yeah. So he has her thrown in the dungeon with the old beggar who's now completely turned into a Sasquatch. Yeah. And, and, and the old beggar sees a woman thrown into the cell with him and violently rapes her. Um, yes. Yeah, so we do. I mean, in fairness, it's not, it's not gratuitous in the sense we don't see that it's, 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 you know, they cut away you get a lot of leering faces and screams and yeah. then it's over. It's still she unpleasant. Es she escapes. She's taken in by a loving like governess and, and the guy she works for and she's still mute. And then she, Oh my God, she has a baby, which is the baby of the, the uh, horrible man. And the, uh, the governess, tells the legend about oh oh he's going to be born on christmas day he's going to be cursed but love can save him so this is another twist on the werewolf thing if you love the werewolf enough he'll be okay right so the little boy is born and um grows into a, a nine or ten year old boy who looks remarkably like a small um Oliver Reed. They did a nice job with that. He has Oliver Reed's eyes for sure. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, that might be a little scary. Uh, but there's, there's some stuff up with this kid. Like he starts escaping from his room at night and killing uh, ducks and things, squirrels and sheep. There's sheep dying and stuff, right? Yeah. He's, there's a, there, you know, sideline to this in town there's they say there's a wolf loose who's killing flocks of animals but the game warden and the local like you know constable can't get a shot can't kill this thing doesn't know what's wrong so they know something supernatural is happening and many fear that this is the return of the curse of the werewolf yes you get the feeling has plagued these lands for for generations yeah um and then he does get a shot off, and it the little boy is shot, right? Probably the cleverest part of the movie. Yeah, I thought that was the only really clever thing in the whole in the whole affair. But then they love him enough so that his werewolf tendencies go away. Oh, the other thing that's interesting is suddenly 
at at age nine or ten, we notice that this little boy has very, 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 very furry arms, which apparently they hadn't noticed before that. Right, right, and palms. Yeah, well, the palms in his hand. That comes from another. Something As I else. said, it's and it's a whole other problem. He has to <laughs> yeah. work on that. Yeah. Um. um yeah. But, uh, See, so, go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, it, 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 what's we, I know we're not just done describing the plot, but this is just let me explain that we are as frustrated. Or I am as frustrated as you, dear listener, that this is a long explanation for a saga and we haven't even really met the Wolfman yet. Yeah. And that's probably my fault. I'm not doing a good. Summary. No, you're describing perfectly. I think this it's like. It's like they set out to make 1900 with the were- werewolf in it. Right. So then they love him enough and the werewolf, the werewolfiness disappears. And now he's a young man and he's going off to make his way in the world as a fully fledged Oliver Reed, 23 years old and just gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Very few men were as beautiful as him early yeah. on quite quite a specimen and um and he goes off to make his way in the world as a a uh what is he a baker's assistant or no he helps to bottle maker. wine bottling yeah. the wine right bottling the wine his and of peter, course his little peter ustinoff lookalike friend uh, teaches him how to label all the bottles label the bottles and of course he falls in love with the daughter of the vintner but she's betrothed to some creepy older loser dude. Yes. And they seem to have a relationship that we don't ever know how it starts or where it is because they just seem to be in love suddenly. It doesn't She looked really... at him and it was Oliver Reed. How yeah. would you not? And But what confused me is that the, the actor playing the woman who he falls in love with, clearly somebody's niece who got this role because... You think so? It's somebody's niece or cousin who was owed of somebody was owed a favor somewhere. I didn't, I didn't understand that casting at all. Um, I, uh, Catherine Feller. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't. You didn't think she was good. It didn't sing to me. Uh, okay. Okay. Sorry. I, I I don't I didn't very little of this movie saying anything to me. Uh, so you know, really, because there was stuff in this that I was sitting there getting thrilled at, saying to myself, "Oh my God, Tony is going to <laughs> love that." I was oh. loving it in your stead. Had I yes. not known you and been had had I not known you and gotten the education I'd gotten from you in the past month, I might not have enjoyed this movie. But now I was sitting there going, "Ooh, I'm seeing this through Tony's eyes, and that was amazing." Don't get me wrong; there is plenty here that is totally for me. I like the second half more than the first half. I, oh, definitely. I got a little. I found the setup to this to be kind of tedious. Whereas the other movies we've seen didn't really have any tedious sections to me. They they were really kept a good clip going. This this felt like they were setting this fairy tale and it took a long time to explain the story. And there was a really kind of dull narration that explained this kind of like fable-esque story. And 
I felt we were very much ahead of things for almost 40 minutes. Um, and I just felt the loss of Peter Cushing and, or Christopher Lee at, as a anchor, uh, to yeah. it, you know, other than that, those are my complaints. Other than that. Yeah. This is a movie for me for sure. Yeah. And there's some stuff that jumped out at me in the second half that I was, I, I can almost predict what you're going to say about certain parts of it. Um, so although if, if we're, if we're still on the first half, there's a moment in the first half that I loved. What's that? The, the young Oliver Reed, the little boy, when he, he has clearly been rampaging about the countryside, but he doesn't have memories of it. Yeah. And he's describing a dream that he had. And he says, the little squirrels squeaked and dropped. It was horrible. I picked it up and tried to kiss it better. I kissed it and I tasted something warm. It must have been the blood, but it tasted sweet. I wanted to keep tasting it, but Pepe took it away. I did wrong, didn't I, uncle? It's great. Ooh, it's great. Time. It's really great. As is those as are those amazing shots of of him with the with the werewolf teeth trying to get out that window with the bars on it. <laughs> great. Really spooky and really great. Yeah. Yeah. Good job there. And as was, you know, this the the beggar in the beginning coming to the banquet hall and that horrible horrible marquise was a little overdone and very stagey but nevertheless was really ugly like they captured you know the 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 total inhumanity of that situation and um and you really felt for that guy i, I did anyway um they they didn't um they didn't lay off of that. That was that was bad. No. And that Marquise was just a terror. What an awful, horrible, awful man. human being. Wonderful, wonderful actor, though. I mean, yeah. he's he uh Anthony Dawson, uh as uh, uh, the Marquise Siniestro. Um, and that scene would have been I think that would have been uh that was a phenomenal scene that would have been really great if the movie had gone on and been about that character. Yeah, if the Marquise, if it, if it had been about getting revenge on that guy somehow, it would have yeah. had much more impact. But it's but, like, I wonder, I, I didn't read the, this, but did you read maybe this is based on, is this more accurately some legend or Spanish legend than, is that why this whole beginning they took so much time was because it's an actual story? There, there is an actual other uh, sort of, origin story for the for the i don't know if it's for the werewolf or if it's for somebody who's cursed right because of the being born on christmas Day. but i mean even more than like a legend i'm wondering if there's a a story like pinocchio or something well, there was a felt... there was a book that i think this was based okay on. okay that makes sense because it seems like they're being faithful to something pretty literary yeah and I didn't, I felt that I didn't need quite that much faithfulness to, to a book I'd never read or never would. I, so, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, uh, so then we get to the second half of the movie and, uh, um, 
his uh, 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 Oliver Reed's buddy brings him out for a night of jocularity and debauchery with the ladies. And uh, he, uh, there's a particular lady who takes some interest in him and gets him upstairs into a boudoir at the uh, inn where the they're in local inn, local inn where they're drinking. And she tries to uh, get a little uh, randy with him. And he, it's a full moon and he wolfs out on her and kills yeah, her. He kills her, which is actually a pretty shocking, surprising kill. The way they staged that was, was. <clears throat> one of my favorite you know moments of shocking violence in the movie yeah because he comes out of nowhere the way they edit that was great yeah and then uh then, and then, he, kills, then he kills little little Houston off he kills his friend he kills yeah. his friend who's little little peter Houston off and um the interesting thing is that he gets into hot water at that point but not because he kills the lady who's not really a lady i guess she's a prostitute so they don't really care but right. they he killed this guy and so they come after him for that yeah they think maybe he did it maybe he didn't at which point he has what i would like to refer to as a ringo star breakdown where he takes a little walk a sad walk like a hard day's night kind of when he realizes he's a werewolf and he's sad about it well wouldn't you be sad Oh yeah, I think it was accurate. I'm just saying it was uh it was somehow like, you know, Ringo's little soliloquies that he has, his little sidebars in his, in those movies. Did anyway, he takes a sad walk and he's he's just very narcissistic about it though. <laughs> he seems more upset that he's a werewolf than that he killed his friend. If you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's because his friend's suffering is over and Oliver Reed's suffering is just beginning. Okay. I think it really has more to do with the, it's about the folly of youth or the narcissism and the folly of youth. That's what the whole movie's about. Yes. Like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. Romulus and Juliet. (laughs) (laughs) Raised by wolves. The joke that four people will get no sorry three actually that was the wrong number three people get that it was pretty Um, good though i think that was pretty good one of the things that i did appreciate about the slow beginning though was how they really were making what was probably the closest thing to a silent movie that we've seen so far from hammer they were really relying on on kind of like more looks and glances and you know, sh- shocked faces that looked like old silent movies than in, in, yeah. in other ones. There was a lot of like, you know, rolling eyes and tongues coming out and stuff like that. And well, um, speaking of of shocked uh, rolling eyes and glances, let's just talk about the opening credits. Probably the best thing about the movie. Yeah, really, really disturbing. Disturbing and uh, and I don't. I mean, and really really evocative and strange because he's also okay it's an intense close-up of just two eyes just the eyes you don't see nose anything it's that close and they're werewolf there's a lot of hair they're werewolf (laughs) you see hair werewolf eyes and excuse me he's wearing contact lenses the actor they're bloodshot and and goopy they're kind of goopy he's he's crying yeah 
these literally tears are streaming out of his yeah. eyes. Well, they weren't very good contact lenses. Well, probably, but but what an amazing image though to have your tragic werewolf star story start with these eyes that are crying like sobbing. Yeah. Really weird and great. Very strange. And the long opening credits mm -hmm. over this locked down extreme close up. Yeah. It was like uh it was like a Sam Fuller move. Very yeah. good. Very weird. Very weird. And it got you sort of nauseous and upset before the movie even started. Yeah, because it's very claustrophobic and and the eyes aren't messing around. Like that's Oliver Reed. I'm assuming it was him and his eyes, whoever it was, if it was. Oh, and he's swinging for the fences. He's well, he's he's kind of like a werewolf on a on a pleasant Sunday afternoon. So, <laughs> you know, when he's going for it, watch out. We yeah. have some stories about that. We'll 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 save that for later in the show. But yeah. as a teaser, we Matthew and I happen to know for a fact he is a werewolf. He is a werewolf. Was a werewolf in real life, Oliver Reed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Story to come. Um, so, are you done setting a telling of what this is? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the story. Because what happens is what you think. Like, oh, uh, the townspeople get upset, and then they chase him, and he runs around, and they throw fire around, and it's the big, yeah. big ending in a church bell tower. You get the idea. It's yeah. classic stuff. Yeah. Um, I have so many, God, so many moments, you know, that I want to discuss with you. Well, let it fly. Okay. I'm here. I'm I mean, here to discuss. Okay. Can we just talk about the ADR for a second? The 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 some of the sound work. I mean, I you know, Britain at the time was probably not the most sophisticated sound work in film. Um, right. No. And they were really trying to win that not sophisticated award in this because they were using some of the same laughing sound cues over and over again and the edits were just disastrous but combined with oliver reed's um i don't mean to be boring you I'll, this will be over in a second combined <laughs> with uh, just listeners at home matthew just straight up yawned in my face on camera so you know what happened there <laughs> <laughs> I just got back from New York yesterday. I had a, I was up for 24 hours yesterday. I understand. I understand. Um so uh yeah, so I don't know how they could, you know, Oliver Reed has a very whispery voice anyway, like he he's got this whisper thing. It's strange. Like everything he says is kind of choked in a little bit. Yes. He always sounds like he's ADR even if he's not, but then they had to ADR him and then something about the whispering in the ADR literally made him sound like Popeye for <laughs> several scenes. <laughs> you know like it's like muttering to himself and well, stuff it, weird, I, really I weird. I have to say that um there the wolf sounds to me I think are exactly the same sounds that Ray Purchase makes when he and Stephen Toast are dubbing the German yes. gay porn film. Yes, and, I think you're correct. They tell Ray Purchase to wild track some kissing sounds and Ray Purchase just goes, 
<laughs> it's just terrifying. Yeah, it's so wrong. And that's what some of yeah. the wolf sounds sounded like. Well, they opted, I think, not to actually use any wolf sounds at all. They just had Oliver Reed growling and grunting. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. clearly just a, a, him. Just but I think noises. some of it, I think the way they went about it was they probably had some very big steamer trunks filled with rocks. And they said, Oliver, here, try to move these steamer trunks and we'll try to move these steamer trunks filled with rocks and we'll yeah. record the sounds you make when you do that. More grunting than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Um, I also found he lacked uh, motivation. Didn't seem like there was any urgency to any of his any of his situation, but uh, the, you know that's that's my own thing. Well, I like, I like a werewolf end, that's under a little pressure. You know, at the end there was some some urgency. He's just, he's just kind of avoiding stuff. You know, running <laughs> running away from things, but he didn't have a plan. Um, <laughs> he didn't a werewolf without a plan. Yeah, I mean, God, what is there but just these weird little moments? What is there? It, it 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 it's hardly there's the stop motion of the teddy bear pause when he's turning into the, the into the werewolf the worst makeup so far yeah is in i mean both both some of the best makeup because the werewolf itself very well done i thought yeah. the makeup for him was great in fact very very good um well and i think that when we look at this werewolf that Oliver Reed plays. And we look at the Larry Cohen werewolf that our brother played in full moon high. I feel like there's, I think Larry Cohen watched this movie. Oh, definitely. He definitely did. You know, I mean, I'm, you know what, let me, I got to look this up because I don't remember when teen, I was a teenage werewolf came out with Michael Landon. Yeah, not to be confused with Teen Wolf. No, not at all. With Michael J. Fox. This all started a lot earlier. I Was a Teenage Werewolf came out in 1957. And um, this was before Curse of the Werewolf. So, and it, this was, a, I think, a pretty popular movie. Um, his greaser style, kind of like uh, DuckTail werewolf vibe. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they referenced in this movie and then that took off and was became like a template for, yeah. for it. Sort he of a hip werewolf. Definitely. Like <clears throat> Oliver Reed, what else would he be but a kind of a swing in London werewolf, you know, yeah. and he, he really is. He, he looks could have great. been one of the fab four. However, the shot of his hands, the, the, the transformation shot, they save just for his hands. And it's the worst transformation it shot like you've ever turning seen. into a teddy bear he's turning into a teddy bear it looks like one of those potted things that grows moss out of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he looks down at his hands and this they stay on the shot for like four minutes it's just a shot of hands that they're not moving it's a still it's like a still photograph and he's looking down it's it was really bad um but if you want to see good werewolf makeup without the transformation part, this is, this is the movie. This, this for, for the, the classic werewolf that isn't um, whose body isn't transforming into a dog, you know, right. The classic universal style, like just standing upright kind of werewolf. My, this is my favorite design. I think it's fantastic. Really more, more than the Lon Chaney jr. 
I do. I think the color really helps this because yeah. the blood red mouth and the white hair and everything, it just really looks more wolf to me. And, and, and I, as much as I like Lon Chaney, we've talked about that plenty on this show um, or Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, Oliver Reed is really frightening. Like he inhabits this thing as uh, in a way that's more, a little more viscerally terrifying than, than Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah. Who always just looks a little bit depressed. Like he's asking for a sandwich or help, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So give us some other moments that stood out for you. Okay. Well, I love scenes where people have to fortify their homes for either an invasion or to keep somebody in. So they nail things to the thing, you know, the boards to a wall. They put beds in front of stuff. But this guy, basically the stepdad of the werewolf, played by our beloved inspector from last week, in a less finely tuned performance as the befuddled father, um, he puts in, a, he gets, like, I guess he orders like one of those steel shutter things from Amazon and he tries, he's trying to put it in his window. Yeah. And he, there's just a shot where this this is just a property master thing. This is a complaint. He's got a railroad spike. It's about eight inches long and like a giant carrot of a nail, like a railroad spike. Yeah. And he's tapping it in. He's just got this hammer. And he's like thinking and taps it in to the window with like three, three swipes. I just like that. I don't know. It, it It's hard to describe that. I don't think this moment's popping as I describe it, but it was But weird. that's how things worked in the old days. They didn't have the little ten penny nails then. They no. had giant where everything was built with giant railroads. Pretty spikes. much, yeah. And you know, once you get it delivered, it's gonna take <laughs> ten years to get the new one if there is. Yeah. Um, olden times. What was on his pipe that he smoked? What did you? What was that? I have no idea what was going on with that character ever. That character seemed kind of high to me the whole he was time. out of his mind a when, baby when the, when the yeah that's what i have that baby. Written down. i have written down a baby with a stupid look on his face that's in my it's notes the longest take she says oh i think she's gonna have a baby and then they the camera oh, like zooms into baby? him and he stops and he goes a baby and he turns again and he goes a baby like he doesn't even know what a baby means where, where do those come from Really what is this baby? <laughs> I, I have to say, I think his work was better in uh, in uh, uh, Curse of Frank uh, Curse of Frankenstein. Yes, yes. He seems confused. Um, I really did like the insane priest who uh, they, we meet, and he says, "Like, well, of course, you know, demons can inhabit your legs when it's Thursday." And you're like, "What?" <laughs> 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 Yeah, that that explanation of like just everybody knows, of right, course, it's gonna happen. Yeah, Spain, come on. Also, Dennis Shaw as the jailer. The jailer was pretty spectacular. Pretty great. Pretty great. As was his final jail companion, who has my favorite line. There's like a little scene where he's sitting in there. He goes. Oliver Reed's shoved into yet another jail cell. And there's another, yet another old timer in there who's been in the jail for 30 years. And they just have this little moment. And uh, it's a wide shot. You can see out the window. It's the moon is coming up like the, the sun's red and everything. Yes. 
And there's this little pause, and the old guy looks up and he goes, It's getting dark. <laughs> That's the whole scene. It's like, yeah, I could see that. It's getting dark. Yes. And then later they cut back to him and he goes, eh, It's a beautiful night. I like that character. In fact, I think that was me. Oh, I have it down that I was the old man in the prison. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah. No, I know who you are. Who am I? Who do you think I am? You're you're the uh, you're the game warden who who can't get a shot off at that werewolf and can't understand why. Oh, okay. All right. Because he knows he hit it, but he but they're telling him no. I think that was uh, the part you'd play. I had two two choices for you. His friend, his jolly friend. The Peter Ustinov part? Yeah. Okay. Or more likely the priest who's explaining things like I could very, see that. Very Stavos character. I wow, could yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I, I could. I think um did I have a second call for me? I don't know. No, I guess I felt that I was uh I was the I was the guy in jail. You were the guy in jail. Oh no, okay. I know who I I had my I have my first choice. I'm I'm definitely Rico. Rico? Yeah. Which one was Rico? The suitor. The rich foppish suitor. <laughs> oh, okay. I I love that guy. Yeah. Did you do any recasting for this movie? I sure did. All right, let's hear it. I um, only have three I only have three people recast oh i've got like eight people done here today. all right <clears throat> um first of all let me ask you first how would you best would you watch this movie as a double bill if so what double bill how would you see it uh, two choices to watch with it uh as a double feature i thought um maybe american werewolf in london okay or and this will this will tip something that I was going to talk about later about the ending of the movie. To watch it with the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, with the bell tower and the bells and stuff. <clears throat> Everything with the end of the film felt okay. very very Quasimodo to me at the end of the movie. Very much so. Yeah, cool ending. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, those are good. Um, I'm going to say uh, East of Eden. I want to pair this one with East of Eden. Um, maybe Rebel Without a Cause, but I'm thinking East of Eden is even more a direct line. There's something about his level of torment that I think Oliver Reed was trying to do. There was like a, you know, that, that, that connection between like the 50s greaser thing and the and the British new wave cool guys that Oliver Reed was. And I think they were trying to do kind of a, you know, a Douglas Sirk thing with his torment as a young teenager in this yeah movie, so. i would have liked to have seen the werewolf looking at his father saying you're tearing me apart yeah he he, he almost has that moment you feel like it's it could be at any at any second um and again i'm gonna say <sighs> i really can't imagine um a better place to see this movie than in your uh your your first girlfriend's parents house basement you know on a small black and white television that doesn't even give you the color like yeah at around 11 30 that's what i that's what i think the perfect place to see this that'd be good um recasting recasting 
I think the uh, Marquess should be played by Richard Jenkins. Oh, good choice. Very good choice. Um, I had trouble with the werewolf, and I went a different direction. I thought maybe Tom Holland. <laughs> Tom Holland. <laughs> Tom Holland is the werewolf. He's well. He's be very sweet werewolf, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, he would. And then the best friend, the friend, has to be Jason Siegel. Oh, that's okay. I like that. I like that. I had Craig Robinson as the best friend. Craig Robinson is, I don't know. Uh, from Parks and Rec and um, I don't from watch television. A lot know. of things. Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, um, hot, yeah. Uh, ghosted. Lots of movies with that gang, with those dudes. Okay. Anyway, uh, do you have anybody else? That's it. I just have those three. Okay, here's my cast. Wolfman, John David Washington. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, uh, Wolfman's girlfriend, Selena Gomez. <laughs> Excellent. Stepfather, uh, Matt Berry, clearly. Oh, my God. Stepmother. A baby? Yeah, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> a baby yeah that would be Matt yeah. Berry um, stepmother is Shakira um, oh and does she and does she sing the song the wolf song she could I, it might be in her contract I'm not sure yeah. she can do whatever she wants as far as I'm concerned um, the, the actual mother of the werewolf would be Jessica Alba okay um, yeah I think the priests I want to go Brian Cox and um, <laughs> yeah Finally, the Marquise is for me. Tilda Swinton would be the absolute. Oh my god! Right way to go. Yeah, there you go. That would be pretty spectacular. So yeah, that's what I have. Um, you know, there's good and bad here. There's uh, I love the baptism scene where the, everything kind of goes weird, and they see the demon in the baptism water, and the and the they can't he can't touch the water. The priest can't actually touch the water because it's like magnetically pulled away from him. Thought right. that was great. Um, I loved the, uh, the, you know, the sets were great. Interestingly, you know, they were, Hammer was gonna, did you hear about this? Hammer was was going to do uh, a big um, Inquisition movie, like yeah. a bodice ripping, you know, torture chamber of the Inquisition <clears throat> movie. And the British um, censor board said, no, 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 no can't do that but they had already built all these spanish sets which were great some of the best ones they'd built and so they used those in this movie instead i don't know why this was okay with all the yeah. horrible demonology and raping but apparently this is okay <laughs> well did you hear that they that they had to cut they had to decide which, what they were going to cut they said you can have the violence or you can have the sex, but not both. But you can't have both. You got to pick between the violence and the sex. And uh, something else happened with the. Um, it was going to be the uh, the guy in the the beggar was going to turn into a werewolf and rape her, and for some reason that wasn't okay. I don't know if it was an, an animal rights group got okay. involved. Well, there is some of my confusion solved that that was <sighs> they had intended to make that part at least clear, and yeah. it wasn't at all. And for some reason, they weren't allowed to do like 
wolves don't rape people. I, I don't know what that was well, about. Look, here's my here's my final complaint. Other than this is disgusting. Now we really <laughs> we really have to stop. Um, my main complaint is that wolves don't do that, nor do they freaking climb buildings like a chimpanzee. And I I don't think this movie ultimately works because the entire end climax is based around a, a wolf man. Doing the King Kong thing. Climbs building, like climbs around like a squirrel. And I, I found that to be, I just didn't believe that. Never well, seen maybe that. he got some squirrel when he licked the blood of the squirrel. No, they did. didn't. That's not what, that's not the mythology. The world oh. building was very clear on that subject. Wolf only. Oh. Wolf Keep only. it on the ground. Come on, guys. But it was some good stunt work up there on the parapets. There, you know, I want to give my hat, not only take it off, but I'm going to give it away to the fire special effects team at hammer studios yeah spectacular in all the movies every movie it just looks <clears throat> dangerous it's probably just because they threw gas on stuff and lit it on fire because yeah. they didn't seem to care they're like main actors in all these scenes like with their legs on fire and throwing fiery props it's st like there's zero safety precautions here yeah but um, speaking of zero safety precautions, I think um, I think it's time for you to tell the story. Okay. Well, we should tell it together because I may forget moments. But, you know, uh, the story of when we met the Wolfman. Yes. When we actually met him. Yeah, Matthew and I were, uh, were in former Yugoslavia in Belgrade. Um, back in what ninety eight? No, no, it was it was, was ninety seven, I think. Okay, ninety seven. Our dad was making a movie there. Cause... No, 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 not not ninety seven. Eighty seven. It's nineteen eighty seven. I'm sorry, you're right. Two years um, after I graduated from law school, our pop was making a movie there, as a lot of people did at that time. Uh, Belgrade was kind of like Vancouver for a while. Yeah, a but lot this of international. Was before films. the curtain came down, that's why I said former Yugoslavia. There you go. Okay. Yes, um, and uh, <laughs> and um, so we were staying at the Hotel Intercontinental, and it was amazing because our dad was doing a movie. A, a mini series. It was a very long shoot, and we saw so many stars coming through the Hotel Intercontinental to shoot these low-budget action movies that they were shooting there. <clears throat> but lo and behold, we're down there for breakfast at the buffet, and we're gonna go to the set early that morning because it's a cool shoot. We're up unusually early. It's like six in the morning. Okay, this story I don't remember. You don't remember this? No, I remember the late night one in the bar. Oh, well, I this I wasn't at that play. I wasn't at the bar. So you met him twice? I didn't meet him at the bar. I just witnessed the uh I'm I'm doing hand signals. Totally now. totally I mean we were remembering this totally differently. Oh, I okay. remember this happening to both of us at breakfast. We were the only people sitting in a little corner booth very early, six in the morning, because we were going to go to the set. And lo and behold, Oliver Reed had just arrived at the Hotel Intercontinental off uh -huh. of, off a midnight flight, like a overnight flight. He is in a three-piece, perfectly tailored three-piece suit with a carnation in his lapel. 
he is huge and scary. He is six foot three and just made of beef bourguignon. <laughs> like he is giant. <laughs> and he's sitting eating his breakfast and he's got his second bottle of champagne chilling in a thing right next to his table. He's had one already. He's drunk off his behind eating poached eggs and we're we're sitting neck near him like a table away so it's actually awkward not to kind of interact a little bit because we're the only people there right and i remember it got gruntingly hello hi, hi, hi and then he started talking to us and we didn't want that to happen anymore <laughs> and we left <laughs> That's what I remember. Do you remember what he said? I remember he told us about his rhinoceros, his pet rhinoceros. And that he also, oh, and then he started to say a thing to us apropos of nothing as far as I could tell. Please tell us, tell us what he said to us. Okay. Give us the words of wisdom. The words of wisdom was, See, I'm remembering that attached to a different thing, but who knows after all this time? It doesn't matter because the phrase came out of nowhere mm -hmm. and has become legendary in our family. So whether it happened at two o'clock in the morning in the bar, the way I remember it, or at the breakfast table, the way you remember it, we do both remember that he was plastered. Oh, yeah. And out of nowhere called everybody to attention to hear this important thing that he had to say and once he had everybody's attention he sees it everybody everybody everybody's looking at him and then he says he holds up his hand and he says the hand and then he clasped his chest and he said the heart bananas yeah yep so that has become our our battle cry. Yeah, in, in the Arkin family is the hand, the heart, bananas. bananas. Yes, he, <laughs> that that got us nervous, and then things took a turn for the worse. He started to say some offensive things, and we left. Yeah, but we got to meet. Porthos or Athos or whichever one he was. Aramis, wasn't it? Was he was it Aramis? no Aramis was um Frank Finlay. Oh. No, was Richard Chamberlain. The 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 pretty one was Richard Chamberlain. Well, I've always been completely fascinated by Oliver Reed and I I, I realized today or watching this movie actually last night who who he is. Do you know do you know who Oliver Reed is? He's Oliver Reed. He is definitely the British William Shatner. Oh my god but scarier. Well, yes, definitely scarier. But I mean, like in terms of acting style, timing, yeah. the kind of acting he did and was famous for, I really feel that they had the same acting teacher. Like they definitely come from the same place. <laughs> the hand, the heart, bananas. Um, Mad man. So, uh, well, so that's, uh, that's hey, the curse of the werewolf. It's a well-made movie. It's fancy. It's got a lot of beautiful sets and effects and good werewolf in it. There's some excitement. There's some really boring parts of it. Um, and uh, all in all, I got to say, probably, I mean, I liked it. I, I like all these movies. Probably my least 
favorite so far. My yeah, I because go with I that. I really miss Chris Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing in in this. So they they elevate it. They they well make we it... get them back next week. But one Thank one God. bit of interesting trivia that I think you'll like if you don't know it already, that uh, Belinda Belasky's character in The Howling. Her character's name is Terry Fisher. No, and that's that cool. is on purpose. It's an homage sure. to this movie. Sure. Well, the, um, Joe Dante, big time fan of all this stuff, you know, yeah. that's for sure. Terry so Fisher, next, who's directed everything we've seen. Yeah. And next week, um, we're seeing uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito in Twins, uh, directed by um, different uh, ooh, Ivan ooh. Reitman, which is sad that he, he passed away. Ivan Reitman, who gave us Ghostbusters. This is a different film. I'm sorry, you were mistaken. That's not. Uh, we're not. Well, it's not twins. No, Matthew. We're still doing UK horror next week. Oh, twins of evil. Twins. Sorry, of I got to. Yes, evil. Which brings back Peter Cushing. Thank goodness. In 1971's Twins of Evil and the lovely Mary and Madeline Collinson as the eponymous twins. Or are they? Oh, really? Huh. Oh, I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't know. Are they? We will find out. We'll we? find out. Well, I'm only I'm only suggesting if that is what the title is actually referring to. Twins? Again, we will have to table this conversation until next week. Until next week. Okay. Well, so please join us next week for the twins or maybe not of evil oh twins just not what you okay we'll get there we'll talk about it oh not the love not lovely okay Excuse I'm me? no i'm sorry no we we'll, we we all apologize we both apologize <laughs> okay we will talk about twins of evil next week indeed enjoy You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.